0: Like us, like the like us. No one on the corner has,
1: like the like us. Try the like us, like the like us. No one on the corner has, like the like us. Try the like us, like the like us. No one on the corner has, like the like us. Try the like us, like the like us. No one on the corner has, like the like us. Try the like us, like the like us. No one on the corner has, like the like us. Welcome to DFS MVP. Daily Fantasy Sports Most Valuable Podcast, presented by 4for4Football. 4 4 I'm 4 for Four senior DFS editor, Chris Raybon, joined as always by my man, Mr. TJ Hernandez.
0: What's up, TJ? What's up, Chris? Uh, I'm excited to wrap up this, this series on positional strategy, um, talking about the most boring position in football, a, a position where um, a guy as old and slow as Antonio Gates can still be one of the best at his position.
1: Hey man, don't don't be ragging on the tight ends and Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey had a pretty fun fun season last year. Got a few penalties for uh, dancing. Did that crazy celebration where he batted the ball. Then you had Jordan Reed punch a guy. Uh, these guys are these guys yeah, are interesting. I guess
0: there. I guess there's a couple. But those are the outliers, though.
1: <laughs> oh man! Before we get into the tight end pod. Let's talk about the song that played us in that was Swagger Like Us, T.I., Jay-Z, Lil Wayne, um, off T.I.'s album Paper Trail from 2008. Ain't nobody got swagger like DFS MVP, so you know, fitting song. Let's also talk about this coupon code we have for you guys. If you rate and review the podcast, you can get 25% off a 4 for 4 DFS Subscription. If you send a screenshot of your rating and review to dfsmvp at 4 for com, Again, dfsmvp at 4 for com. If you rate and review the podcast at, on iTunes um, starting September 1st, so get on that. And let's jump right into this tight end strategy discussion. And we'll start with what are we looking at for tight ends? TJ, is it, is it just starting point targets again, kind of like wide receivers?
0: Yeah. I mean, it's probably the, uh, there's, there aren't a lot of tight ends to choose from to begin with. And then, we just don't have that many viable options from week to week. So um, again, I, I kind of like a like the dollar per point metric. I like to look at a dollar per target metric for tight ends, uh, see where I can find cheap volume, and that's really all it is. I want guys that are getting decent volume, and I want to get it as cheap as possible. And that's because uh, one tight end is just a very volatile position, because even more so than receiver, because tight ends just aren't seeing the volume that receivers are. Uh, even the best ones can can have complete duds put up a, a goose egg and again that volume if we look back to last year there were only six tight ends in the league averaging seven or more targets per game um, so some people might say well wouldn't you value that more but no because those top targeted tight ends still carry a lot of volatility. It just doesn't make up, make sense to spin up a lot at the position. So I'm looking for as cheap as possible as volume uh, is as cheap as possible volume. And then uh, hopefully if they're at home and, and get some red zone targets, then that's, that's just gravy.
1: Yeah. It's, it's really an important point to hammer home that tight end is the most volatile position. And what that means is their fantasy points, are fluctuating from week to week more than the other positions. Their their range of outcomes is a little wider in terms of a percentage change. Obviously, they're not scoring as many points, but all those factors come together where you have a low scoring position that's volatile. What you really want to do is not try to necessarily overcome or out, out, out predict that volatility or get on top of it as much as you want to kind of exploit it and use it to your advantage and leverage it. And the way you do that is, as TJ mentioned, you try to find a cheap option getting targets and use that upside and let the other people you're playing in DFS kind of make mistakes by paying too much and let that volatility kind of uh, bring them down more so than than try to just pay up for the top option every week just, just to feel a little better about yourself. Somebody like Travis Kelsey, for example, and we all remember that, that stretch where he was just had, I believe it was five or six 100-yard games um, in in a nine-game stretch. But in the three games before that, he didn't top 32 yards in a game. And then right the first game after the streak ended, he caught one pass. So these tight ends are going to be very volatile. We even saw it with Gronk last year when he was playing. He played in eight games. He averaged about 21 yards per catch, but only got into the end zone three times. So just just a lot of volatility with the position. Um, if you're paying up, it's more so something you, you probably want to think about in tournaments and cash games. You usually want to just use that target volume, cheap target volume to kind of use the position as, as a linchpin of sorts for the rest of your lineup, Make, make sure you're not paying too much there so you can lock in consistency at, at the other positions. Targets per game for tight ends are, are the most uh, stable week to week stat. And Another thing is, as TJ mentioned, you know, only only a few tight ends getting um, a lot of targets, but you know, to hit cash game value to for from what I calculated for these cash game target scores, which are just kind of a, a more a better way to look at it than just linear, like two x or three x. But what I found was that tight ends usually needed about seven targets and five catches to hit cash game value. So any target that you, any tight end that you see that has maybe about a five, five target uh, floor, and you could reasonably see getting to seven or more targets um, should be an option. There usually be a few of them that are very close uh, to minimum price. TJ, you do the DFS big game profiles. And those are some of my favorite articles. You did one on tight end. And we've talked about this a lot off air because I've found similar things, but, What what have you noticed about tight ends? You alluded to it, just about you know where where they're playing and and then the Vegas lines.
0: Yeah, uh, in general, tight ends that are having big games are coming from uh, teams that are at home and teams that are winning. We saw 62% of the big games on FanDuel at home, uh, 67% two-thirds on DraftKings, and on the winning team, team 77% of the time on FanDuel, uh, 70% of the time uh, on DraftKings. Uh, I I think the reason, you and I have talked about this a lot, and uh, our theory, more your theory, is um, but one I I really agree with is, the reason we see really high winning team uh, for the tight end, especially on FanDuel, is because there's more chance to score a touchdown, which you really need on FanDuel. Um, like running backs, your tight end is generally going to score from very close. They're not going to get a, the, a lot of those uh, long touchdowns or touchdowns outside the, the red zone like receivers. And if your team's winning and if you're at home and you have those uh, favorable conditions – you're going to be able to put together a drive that's going to result in, in red zone plays more often than if you're losing it on the road. Uh, so that's something that I don't think people are really privy to and probably a really good way to find value in tournaments.
1: Definitely, and to, to go more in-depth with these home road splits for tight ends, I looked at tight ends that averaged 4 uh, five or more points per game and had you know multiple games in every split you know home road favorite underdog and what I found was something really interesting which was that um, about so 70% of tight ends averaged equal or better touchdowns per game at home and 63% of tight ends average equal or better touchdowns um, per target at home, and then favor Uh, you know, sixty-four percent of favorites average more equal or better touchdowns per target at home. Um, as favorites, and then sixty uh, percent of tight ends average uh, equal or better touchdowns per game as favorites. So there's a a big skew towards home teams especially, and and favorites. And tight ends are actually the one position where being at home actually was even more important than being a favorite. Usually they play into each other because home teams are favored more. But for tight ends, you see, when I looked at cash game consistency, it was the only position where the home underdog was more consistent than the road favorite, and they were significantly more consistent. The, The home underdog actually had pretty much equal consistency um, to the home favorite on FanDuel. And on DraftKings, the home favorite edged the home underdog, but it wasn't by much, and the home underdog still edged the the road favorite. So that's something that's really interesting. This is four years of data. So, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I, I do look at it. I do take it seriously. Again, you know, this is a volatile position, so we could still be seeing some crazy, just, fluctuations and variance and things of that nature but I think it really is something where you do want to take those home road splits into account for tight ends now remember within all these rules there's always going to be exceptions so I would encourage just kind of getting to understand each tight end's individual um, kind of home road profiles there's a couple of them that do better on the road it's usually the highest volume Tight ends, um, that, that like the receiving types, like a Jordan Reed, he does better on the road. Um, but guys like Greg Olson, Tyler Eifert, um, the the the, the, the guys more into either mid range volume or touchdown guys. Um, they're they're more um skewed toward home, but but I know Jordan Reed is one that that does do better on the road. But in general, most tight ends, and especially the cheaper ones, the ones you're going to be look for for looking for for value, a lot of those tight ends are going to do better at home because that's where they're going to score. Their their touchdowns. And just to go uh, a little more into the theory that TJ was talking about, I think it's because these home team uh, in favorites, but especially home team scoring touchdowns, uh, tight end scoring touchdowns is because, it's similar to running backs with the game script where you see the favorites and you see, you, you, you expect a team to be driving down the field and they get in close and they hand it off to the running back. They're more likely to do so when they have a lead. Well, another one of those plays that you see when a team either has the lead or is at home is, you know, they're close to the goal line and everyone thinks they're going to hand it to the running back and they do that play action fake and they hit the tight end wide open. Um, that tends to happen a lot. It's kind of an extension of a, a running back handoff. Near the goal line. So, I mean, that's just my theory as to why you see kind of these these touchdowns really skew heavily uh, toward the tight ends at home. TJ... Is there, when you're, when, you're, when you're in your cash games, let's, go, let's, let's talk about cash games a little more before we um, go fully into tournaments. Um, wh- how are you narrowing down your player pool in cash games? Is it, is it just straight up um, targets, home road splits, or are other things coming into play?
0: Yeah, I, I rely probably on something like 4 from 4 projections um, more than any other position, those fantasy um, points, just because... Um, it's it's a position that actually a four for four we've projected really accurately, slightly more accurate accurately than even running back or tight end. Uh so I I do like to look first at those uh value reports that we have in four for four and just compare them to see if they're gonna match up to uh to my volume numbers because like I said, it is such a volatile position that I can't just, like the other positions, I can't just lock it in because this tight end is going to see uh, slightly more targets or, or a better target share uh, than the next guy. I do want to make sure that what I'm looking at is probably going to translate to fantasy points, but uh, it, it really does come down to what we talked about, just looking for um, for cheap volume, but... Really emphasizing that red zone target share, especially on FanDuel. Um, that's something we talk a- about a lot for GPPs and all the other positions, but I'm really looking for that, uh, from my FanDuel Titans as well.
1: Yeah, red zone's vitally important, and you talked about the projections. And big shout out to John Paulson at four for four. You can follow him on Twitter at four for four. John does a great job with the projections. And one of the things that makes the four for four uh, DFS subscription even stronger is that you know we can do all these things and and you know come up with all these value reports and do all these things with the lineup generator. Um, being really confident um, in in the projections that we're using um, in all of these models. Um, John has finished you know in the top five and in-season accuracy um, numerous times his streak is really amazing um, so big shout out to John Paulson there and yeah just going off what you said TJ yeah I think with tight ends it's it's the pro- paying attention to projections are important there because even though it's such a volatile position um, you can kind of the, the, the salaries are so bunched together um, sometimes that you can kind of you do want to kind of spot you know those values and spot the tight ends that pro- uh, have the best chance at, at a high touchdown share because you know touchdowns are going to be so important and the way you're usually arriving at a, a touchdown projection is you're you're looking at what a team's projected to score in a given week maybe the vegas lines and then from there you're kind of backing into okay this is how many touchdowns they're going to score and this is how much of a share of a touchdown we expect these tight ends to get so um very important and then of course those red zone targets and even those inside the 10 targets because um as we've talked about before red zone is just an arbitrary cutoff and i think you know maybe the 15 or even the 10 is kind of where tight ends are really going to be able to to do most of their work. We saw tight ends like Kyle Rudolph. I believe he finished second in the NFL in red zone targets uh, in 2016. And on the way to a top three overall tight end finish, you had somebody like Cameron Brate who maybe surprised some people, a top 10 finish. He was also in the top five in red zone targets. You had Hunter Henry, another surprise top 12 or finisher. He was also in the top five in red zone targets. Antonio Gates probably also surprised a lot of people, even though probably shouldn't. But Antonio Gates near the league leaders um, among tight ends and just in general in red zone targets. So these tight ends, that's how you kind of separate the tight ends that are really going to be valuable from the others is the ones that are getting the red zone targets cuz there's going to be so many tight ends that are going to be in that 5 to 6 per game target range. You're not always going to be able to pay for to pay up for somebody that's averaging 7 or more targets. There's not even usually that many tight ends that do um, but you know in that 5 to 6 target range there's going to be a lot of tight ends and the ones getting the red zone targets uh, along with the ones at home, the ones on favorites and and the ones attached to good quarterbacks are going to be the ones um, that you want to really favor. So We'll get into some tournament strategy, but first, I want to say that fantasy football fans, listen up. If you love fantasy football, then you need to try these new best ball leagues on my new favorite app, Draft. It's a season-long league, just like you play with your friends, but with no management. Just set it and forget it. Once you're done drafting, that's it. Draft takes care of the hard work. You don't even have to set your lineup. Your best score gets automatically selected every week. You can draft a team anytime you want. Leagues start every couple of minutes, so you can join one right now. And the best part, there are no salary caps, and so you can play for cold, hard cash. Leagues start from just $3, so there's a league for everyone. It's so easy to start playing draft today. Just go to Play Draft dot com slash four for four that's playdraft.com the number four the letters f o r and the number four and you can join a game in a minute all new players get a free entry into a best ball draft when you make your first deposit but you have to use my promo code four for four that's right play a real money game for free just for using my promo code the number four the letters F O R and the number four so TJ Tight ends in tournaments, it gets a little tricky because it's such an unpredictable position. We know that in cash games, you want to save salary. So now what are you doing in tournaments? Because is this is this a situation where you want to take the opposite approach? Are you still looking for that cheap value? Um, how are you kind of going about your player pool in tournaments at the tight end position?
0: Uh, I actually do like to go to uh, a cheap at the tight end position still even in GPPs um, just because it's not hard for uh, a cheap tight end to catch the field. Uh, Oftentimes one touchdown does the trick to to shoot a tight end up to top three, top four tight end on the week and uh, that could win you a GPP. Now of course this is going to vary a lot more in GPPs and cash we're looking straight value but um, in GPPs there are some situations where You want to pay attention to ownership, so if we do have uh, a slightly more expensive tight end, uh, that's going to be way under-owned. I, I will gravitate towards that player, but another thing that I like to look at, and I think this is especially important for tight ends, I use it for all positions, but is the, uh, red zone expected value metric that, that I talked about in the offseason. And I track that throughout the season, and it, it gives us an idea of players that will, um, that, that are expected to see an uptick at touchdowns. But the reason it's really important for tight ends is because, Red zone expected value accounts for where their red zone targets are coming from. Now, a wide receiver that has a high red zone target share, he might still, uh, regress in his, in his touchdowns if, because that player might be seeing the uh, 15 yard fade in the end zone, um, inside the red zone. A tight end generally isn't going to see that type of play. They're going to score, uh, Inside the 10, oftentimes inside the 5. So I I want to know where their red zone targets are coming from, not just their uh, red zone target share. And then if I find that tight end that's seen a lot of targets close to the goal line, just hasn't converted them, then that's a really good tournament pick for me. And I'm probably going to be rostering him uh, regardless of salary.
1: Yeah, that's a great point because... Again, these tight ends, you know, red zone target, red zone, the red zone, the 20 yard line is just an arbitrary cutoff. Tight ends are going to do most of the work a little more in close. So always something, always important to kind of uh, differentiate between who's getting targets where. Now, for for tight ends in tournaments, when I look back at the winning lineup data in the in the large field tournaments, nothing really crazy stands out in terms of salary or ownership you have 10 percent average ownership in both the millie maker and the fan sunday million um almost i think only one tight end was ever using the millie maker flex so that's something to keep in mind um the average salary in the millie maker was 4600 for a tight end and in the sunday million it was 5900 so I guess you can see on FanDuel especially that, you know, some of those higher price tight ends are making it into the into the winning lineups because a, a fifty nine hundred dollar average salary is kinda of, it's pretty it's up there for a tight end. Um about nineteen percent of tight ends were stacked with their quarterback in the Millie Maker and fifteen percent in the Sunday movement. So Nothing too crazy um, in terms of an edge. You know, I think it's pretty much what you'd expect. You know, it's just a matter of finding and nailing a top three or four tight end in a given week. And what I found, and I talk about this in the whole last section of the uh, DFS playbook 2017 strategy how to pick a tight end article and there's really two paths to finding this this top three or four tight end and it kind of goes hand in hand with your big game profiles tj but you either want a 100 yard game or you want a multi-touchdown game? Usually, that's what what's gonna what's gonna get you that win. If you find the tight end that that can do either one of those things, and you get them in your tournament lineup, that's what usually what it's usually going to take to win. Now, a 100-yard game is more. Uh, more uh, you want it you want it more on DraftKings um, just because you have that yardage bonus, you get that extra three points, and then the multi touchdown game is a little more ideal on FanDuel. So I'll just go over some of I kind of did a little profile too on on just hundred yard games for tight ends, and and then I also did one on multi touchdown games. So I'll I'll just go over some of those, and then we'll talk about it for the hundred yard games. The average DraftKings salary was uh fifty two hundred dollars. Uh, the average fantasy salary was, was sixty four hundred. Uh, the average targets per game was ten point one. So that that tells you that that for, for for a hundred yard game, you're looking at these top tight ends. And when it, when one of those top tight ends, like a Jordan Reader or a Greg Olson, goes off, that's when you're usually getting these type of hundred yard games. You, you're not really going to expect them from some of the lower tier tight ends. Now, fifty percent of the 100-yard tight ends were home favorites. 72% were favorites and 62% were at home. So when you're looking for the 100-yard game, when you're looking for the big upside, then it's not just the home. I think that's when the favorite comes into play a little more. And that could also be due just to some of the better tight ends being on better teams. But in general, we're always looking for the right situations to play studs. So you don't want to just be playing Jordan Reed or or Travis Kelsey or Greg Olson every week because they're priced so high that you're going to be losing value if you're not playing them in the situations where they're most likely to succeed. It's the same thing for every position. So really for that upside in those tournaments, when 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 a tight end is a favorite especially and especially when he's at home, when a guy like Jordan Reed or Greg Olson or something, somebody, someone like that is a favorite or they're at home or both, that's when you want to start thinking about playing and if they're ever in a matchup. Maybe where they're on the road or they're road underdog, especially or just an underdog period. That's when you want to think about fading. That's probably when you say, okay, I don't, I don't, I don't quite want to have as much exposure to them, or if any. Um, and then for the multi-touchdown tight ends, the interesting thing is that you don't, they only needed 7.9 targets compared to 10.1 for the 100-yard game. So you can get these multi-touchdown tight ends. These are going to be the kind of the ones that you kind of they'll probably be a little more contrarian, and you can they're not going to need as much. Volume volume the same thing we see for the favorites 71 percent home favorites 47 percent home 54 percent so a little lower um there so um the, the the big takeaway i think is that for consistency and cash game purposes you want that that home that home field advantage is the most important thing you know but when you're looking for that upside that's when also having favorable Vegas odds comes into play as well. So TJ, any thoughts just on kind of that, those two, the dynamic of those two, um, and and just how it plays into what you found with your big game profiles?
0: Yeah, I want to piggyback on what you said regarding 100-yard games and touchdowns because um, it does vary. What you're looking for uh, should vary depending on on the site that you're playing on. And uh, if we look at these big game profiles, uh, on FanDuel, we saw uh, just over 50% of uh, these tight ends that, that hit the big game threshold uh, with 100-yard games, uh, but 60% of them had two touchdowns. Now, on DraftKings, that kind of flip-flops. We saw 70% with 100-yard games, but only 44, uh, 45% with two or more touchdowns. So we can see that in order to have a tight end that's going to help you take down a tournament on FanDuel, you should be valuing those touchdowns a lot. More on DraftKings, uh, you can get away with having a, a tight end that only scores one touchdown. And the way to kind of exploit this is on FanDuel, you can ignore matchup um, to a degree. Um, if we're on DraftKings, matchup was really important 63%, almost two thirds of the big game tight ends came against defenses that finished in the bottom half of adjusted fantasy points allowed to the position. And I think when we look at all those numbers together, that kind of makes sense. On DraftKings, in order to uh, have a tight end that's going to uh, accrue 100 uh, recept- reception yards, he's going to need to see fairly consistent target volume throughout the game. So uh, that's usually going to come against a team that can't defend the position very well um, on FanDuel even against a team that doesn't defend the position well or that does uh, defend the position well I'm sorry a tight end can luck into two touchdowns if the conditions are right so uh, basically the takeaway is on FanDuel you should be valuing uh, the conditions of the game and the red zone opportunity on DraftKings that's still important but you might want to look a little more to match up than you might uh, think for the tight end position
1: yeah that's a great point it's it 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 also comes down to what I think these matchups kinda of get determined a lot by what kind of defense a team plays. The the tight ends that are gonna the cheap tight ends that are usually going to be able to, to hit value are usually going to do it against zone defenses that are really not paying any special attention. To the position. Um, And then the, the, the tight ends like Travis Kelsey and Jordan Reed. Those guys can beat zone. They can also beat man coverage. But when you have a team that plays a lot of man coverage... If they're playing man coverage against a tight end like C.J. Fedorowicz or somebody like that, he's not going to get open against most defenders in man coverage. So that's that's something to keep in mind. I think that's why the matchup make uh, do do play in a lot. And when you're looking for that volume, and that's something in week one where you see a guy like Zach Ertz against the Redskins. That should be a good matchup for him. He's a lot more of a. Uh, a good play I think on DraftKings I mean not just because of his price I know his price is a lot lower on DraftKings but not just because of his price but because Ertz is a guy who historically doesn't tend to score a lot of touchdowns so not as much of an ideal fan blue play good DraftKings play so if you play on both sites that's something where you can play with your exposure to to play certain types of tight ends on one sites and you know get your exposure in on, on on different sites rather than splitting it up and maybe make putting some plus uh, some negative EV tight ends uh, on FanDuel or DraftKings because they don't really fit the right profile in terms of getting red zone targets or getting overall targets or having a good matchup or whatnot. And um, I just wanted to talk a little bit about also the the home road uh, dynamic in terms of the upside versus the consistency because I think it might be a little confusing to some people. But tight ends essentially. Home field advantage is, is increasing their odds of scoring a touchdown, but it's usually one touchdown. So it's usually those tight ends that maybe aren't at the top of mind or the tight ends that are pretty erratic. One touchdown. But when you're looking for multiple touchdowns now or 100-yard or, or games or something, now you're just looking for the best tight ends in the best situation. So I think that's why you see the the, the Vegas odds come into, into play. Uh, a lot more uh tj i guess we'll close up with stacking um how do you go about do you, how do you go about choosing like when you want to stack a tight end versus i guess a wide receiver
0: yeah it's it's not a, a spot that um i often really look to to stack um tight end with with a quarterback or anything if it's somebody that's a primary red zone target um like a tyler eifert or a jimmy graham uh in that case if this if the team is in a situation where uh they're expected to to be a good gpp team or a good team to stack i'll look to stack a quarterback with a tight end and then um another spot this is one we kind of talked about on the um on the last podcast the wide receiver podcast we see when teams have really high implied point totals uh that tends to um, benefit the the wide receiver two at least relative to expectation uh, more than the wide receiver one. The wide receiver one could could put up uh, big big games any time, but that second pass catcher uh, can really be a, a good player to target when the team's uh, expected to do well. So maybe something where I'm game stacking if I stack um, uh, a quarterback with his second pass catcher and then the opposite wide receiver one. That second pass catcher. Uh, might be the tight end in that situation
1: yeah, good point I think that's a that 's a really good way to go about it. I also just like to to stack tight ends sometimes if the tight end is cheap and he 's playing with a really good quarterback because that 's something I also like to do in redraft is just draft there 's usually a bunch of tight ends attached to the best quarterbacks in the league that go late. And those are the tight ends that usually outdo their ADP. So even last year, we saw a guy like Antonio Gates, because everyone thought he was done going pretty late. And he he, he put up a top 10 season. You had Hunter Henry with Phillip Rivers. Uh, then you, you're going to have guys like Jared Cook and and, and just all these guys, uh, Jack Doyle, all these guys attached to the best quarterbacks are going to have higher touchdown expectations because touchdowns for quarterbacks are one of the most sticky Stats from year to year and even game to game. So, um, if if I'm in a situation where maybe I'm using Drew Brees at home and the chalk stack is Brees and Michael Thomas, I might look to a guy like Colby Fleener or, or something like that. And the same thing for for any of those quarterbacks. So, you know, early this year, I'll probably be looking at Matt Ryan and Austin Hooper as a pivot of Julio and, and things like that. And I think that's a really great way to kind of leverage yourself in a tournament because uh, we talked about this on the last pod expensive wide receiver quarterback stacks haven't had a lot of success winning especially the large field gpp so these matt ryan julio stacks it'll work out every once in a while like i know that 300 yard game obviously it worked out but people are stacking matt ryan with julio i think almost every week and it's not always going to be a plus ev stack so if if a, a large portion of the field let's say one in four one in five lineups has Julio Jones, um, you know, in a stack or, or Julio Jones, period. If you, if you pivot to Austin Hooper and he's like a third of the price and he catches a touchdown and Julio doesn't, you know, that that's, that's a big advantage for you because you, you've kind of, you know, a, a large portion of the field is, is used a lot of salary on Julio Jones and you've got that touchdown from that quarterback a lot cheaper. So I think tight ends are a great game theory play to kind of leverage yourself to to certain situations of what you expect the public to do in in tournaments.
0: Yeah, and you you reminded me talking about a great game theory play and leveraging um, ownership. Uh, one thing I, I do want to mention before we get out of here is that uh, of all the positions, tight end is, and I've said this before with the other with like with quarterback and onesie positions in general. But tight end is so volatile that once I narrow down my player pool in GPPs, I'm usually going to have. A perfectly flat um, exposure just because it's so hard to predict, it, unless there's an extreme situation where um, a very obvious play is really under owned or uh, a tight end is way over owned. Um, I'm pretty much just going even ownership across the board in my GPPs because it is a volatile position. So when I have my player pool, Those are my four or five favorite guys, but it's really, really hard to figure out who's going to finish one out of five in that group.
1: Great point, and... Um if you're thinking about subscribing to four for four DFS sub, um we'll be talking a lot more about ownership and exposure and, and, and things like that in our slate write ups just about how we're going about um exposure, um not just giving you know the top plays and the picks, but exactly you know, do we want to go flat here, do we wanna be overexposed to, to, to player X and Y but not Z. So um excited about that and also we have in our ownership projections, as TJ alluded to, you know, looking at the ownership of total offenses or uh, total passing games in our ownership projections. Now we've actually included that. So you can, you can sort by a team's total offensive projected ownership for the quarterback running back wide receiver and tight end combined, or you can just sort by um, the ownership of a team's passing game. So the quarterback wide receiver and tight end, you can kind of, in, in addition to just seeing You know who, what, what teams are going to be the projected to be the highest owned? You can you can kind of also see where the 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 under owned games might be and try to find some leverage by perhaps giving yourself more exposure to to teams that you think um, aren't owned as high as they should be um, relative to their uh, offensive expectations. So excited about that! A bunch of great changes to the. DFS sub this year reminder if you guys rate and review the pod you can get 25% off a 444 DFS sub if you send a screenshot of the rate and review to DFS MVP at 444.com our next pod will be on week one plays every position we'll talk DFS theory really excited about that so make sure you subscribe to the pod because we'll be bringing heat each and every week all season long Through the playoffs, we play all the playoff DFS as well. So make sure you subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher or whatever you use to listen to your podcast. Make sure you follow TJ on Twitter, at TJ Hernandez. Please also follow me on Twitter if you haven't already, at Chris Raybon. TJ, any last words?
0: Uh yeah, I'm I'm really excited for the season. I'm um I'm glad we got the uh the off season over with and uh thanks in advance to all the listeners. I think this is going to be a really fun year, our, our best year to date. And uh I'm just looking forward to uh getting shmoney for the next 17 weeks.
1: Definitely. Thank you guys again. All the new listeners, we really appreciate you joining us. Um, if you don't know what we're about, like I said, you can always go back, listen to some of the older pods. We do a lot of DFS theory stuff on there, but we're giving you four new pods for the season. We also did some week one pricing pods, um, Two, one on running back wide receiver, one on quarterback tight end uh, for this year. So you can go check those out as well and for all of the returning listeners we of course thank you guys too we've been getting a lot of great feedback we thank you guys for riding with us and to all the industry listeners man shout out to you guys too i hope you guys have as great of a season um, as we do and we and, and we're really uh we really thank you guys for always um tuning in and checking us out and that really means a lot to us so thanks to all the listeners let's get this money in 2017 we'll be back for week one rock like this, can't wear skinny jeans cause my knots nice don't fit. No one in the corner got a pocket like this, so I rock rock jeans cause my knots nice so big. You can learn how to dress just by checking my fresh, checking, checking my fresh, checking, checking my fresh. Follow my steps, it's the road to success, With you will get better when the girls say yes. Yeah. But I can't teach you my swag You can pay for school, but you can't buy class the School of hard knocks, I'm a grad In that old blue Yankee, it's my graduation it Over Tipping, dipping rovers, whipping with the soda Over Did you even have any doubt, after the been dialed soda